This week's podcast is brought to you by Kensington Books. From award-winning author Suzanne Chazin comes the latest Jimmy Vega mystery, A Blossom of Bright Light. Latino police detective Jimmy Vega must strike a precarious balance between the local immigrant community and his hometown's most powerful and privileged citizens during a dangerous murder investigation. Full of hidden secrets, racial tensions, and unexpected tragedies, A Blossom of Bright Light is the mystery you can't miss. Available now wherever books are sold. Read the first chapter of A Blossom of Bright Light and more at kensingtonbooks.com. A science story, huh? And I just thought, well, I figured it out. It was that golden moment because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Jimmy Wool. It was recorded in September 2015 at Union Hall in Brooklyn. Something creative. I think probably everybody in this room, if you hang out in Park Slope or Brooklyn, a lot of you might be really into doing something creative. You hear people saying it all the time. They want to be artists. They want to be musicians. They want to be dancers. They want to be performers. Maybe they don't make a movie, but they work in the set of a movie or they work in the back of a movie. It, it's, it's, it's a drive that a lot of people want to have, and that's something that I always wanted, to do something creative. And I was lucky enough to be a musician for a long time professionally in my 20s, and I wasn't making a lot of money doing it. I was living a very unusual life, and so... I decided to try something else I like, which was performing, which you see me doing now. And I studied improv and I studied sketch writing, but I still needed a job because I wanted to be able to pay for taxis and go out to dinner and pay rent. So I, I got a job through a friend who was an art director. I got a job over many months and many interviews being a writer in an advertising agency that does pharmaceutical advertising. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. That's the right response. <laughs> and I was, I, I didn't really like pharmaceuticals, to be honest. I had never been a big fan of them. I knew that they, you know, th- that the industry could be quite manipulative. But I also, like I said, wanted to pay for a taxi. So I, I, I took the gig and I figured it might be a stepping, to- stepping stone to something else. Right away, they put me on the launch of a drug called Gleaminex. When I say put me, I was assigned to work as a writer on the drug called Gleaminex, and our client was a drug company called Rorator. Does anybody recognize those names? No, this, that's because they're not real. Because I'm not going to tell you the name of the real drug, because I probably signed something, and I'll probably go to like you know minimum security prison with like Bernie Madoff if I say... <laughs> If I actually say the name, but Rorator is the name of a drug company in the 1996 Kids in the Hall film, uh, Brain Candy. Yes, yes, you're my man. You're my friend over here. And, and Gleaminex is the name of the drug that they marketed, so that's what I'm going to call it. And Gleaminex was an anti-anxiety drug. Now, uh, this was not actually a new drug. Rorator had been making another anti-anxiety drug, which I'm not going to even make up a name for, but it had been a blockbuster for about 10 years, and it made them billions of dollars. And I, I was, and it turns out when, when a drug has been going, has been out for a long time, its patent runs out. And guess what happens when its patent runs out? 
it goes generic, which is awesome for everyone because it becomes cheaper. It becomes awesome for everyone except Rorator. Exactly. For them, it's a nightmare because now they're going to lose all these billions of dollars. So what they do is they they take the the old drug and they like add like a little bit of something something to it, like a little salt or something like that, and they make a whole new drug. It's like if McDonald's added like one extra pickle to the Big Mac and called it the Big McGillicuddy or something. It's and said it's a brand new Big Mac. And so this drug, this drug um, Gleaminex. It's called a Me Too drug. This is super common. This is what a lot of your healthcare dollars go to, unfortunately, marketing these Me Too drugs. And I was still thinking, well, I, I still want to do something creative. <laughs> and fortunately, they asked me to do something creative. They said, can you, uh, we, we're, for the launch of this drug, we need like a new tagline to promote this new anti-anxiety drug, Gleaminex. And so it was my job to brainstorm this stuff. And that's the super fun stuff because any of you who work in advertising know there's a lot of drudgery where you have to do visual aids and websites and all sorts of brochures and things like that. But this is the cool stuff. This is the Don Draper stuff. (laughs) And so I just sat around and brainstormed. And I, I had studied like yoga and meditation. So I just focused on the idea of anxiety. And, and I thought of some, some okay ones like, uh, unique evolution, like because when you're not anxious, you evolve in your own unique way, or uh, keep them cool or keep her cool, you know, because you're cool when you're not anxious. It's how you want to stay. But that, uh, yeah, okay, it's not bad. Oh. I'm proud of that now. I, but then, then I I started to go a little deeper with it, and I said, well, what do you, what do you really want to feel when you're not anxious? Well, you want to feel calm, but you also want to feel confident. Calm, but you also want to feel confident. Calmfident. <laughs> Confidence. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm a genius. I, I've just been doing this for like two weeks, and I've already nailed it. I've already changed this entire industry. And I, I wrote these, all three of them down on a piece of paper, and I walked into my creative director, Thomas's office. His name is Thomas. And I said, Thomas, look at this. And he brought in a bunch of people. And first I put up the unique evolution, and I was like, ah, that's pretty good. And then keep her cool. Ah, that's pretty good. Then confidence. And people liked it. They really liked it. Like, they just stared at, it on, stared at it on the wall like it was some sort of mantra. Like they were a bunch of stoned freshmen in a college dorm staring at a lava lamp, just looking at the word confidence, just undulate in front of them. And I was like, oh, I nailed this. I am so good. I am so creative. I feel so confident right now. <laughs> And Thomas came over to me and said, look, I would not usually do this with someone so junior, but I'm gonna ha- I would like you to present this to Rorator next week. Like, I want to bring you there and have you do this. I was like, oh, my God. You know, a drug company, these people are so lame. They are so boring. They're just like science-based people. They're not creative at all. Like, I'm just going to blow their minds. They're going to see, like, how a real guy from the city thinks. So next week... We drive out to like bumblefuck nowhere where there's like a pharmaceutical campus. It's suitably boring. And before the presentation, we have lunch. 
And at lunch, I meet the marketing team. And these are the people we, me and Thomas, have to sell this idea to. Marketing team is about 12 people. Um, and in the middle is sitting a guy named Jeff. And Jeff is very important. Jeff is the guy who, he's the decider. He's going to make the decision. And Jeff is a very good-looking guy in his mid-40s who is just very charismatic and talkative and regaled us with all these stories about how awesome it was to be a pharmaceutical sales rep in the 80s and 90s, back before there were really any re uh, regulations. He, he's, he said, oh, you should have been there, man. Like... I had doctors calling me saying, where are my tickets to Hawaii? Where are my lobsters di lobster dinner? Like, he, he said that there were, like, because there were a lot of beautiful people, young women and men coming right out of college to do this job. He said, we used to have coke-fueled orgies in Cancun villas with psychiatrists from around the country and all these young, beautiful people. It was just like this, you know, he was telling me these stories of Dionysian excess. And I mean, they're also, like, morally repugnant stories because this is about medical stuff that could change anyone's life and this is why doctors are prescribing but you, I couldn't turn away it was like watching Donald Trump or something it's like watching a train wreck it's kind of awful but you, you kind of can't stop looking and I, was, I was actually impressed I thought it was very nice and charismatic but or maybe I just wanted him to be because I had to sell this and he said alright guys let's go in here and show me what you got We go into the boardroom, and we have these three big boards with my beautiful ideas on them. And he's sitting there in the middle with his 12 apostles who are just, you know, basically yes men who just there to, you know, get paid to say something. And I came out and I said, all right. So I had, so the first two ones we call in advertising sacrificial lambs, which are just like ideas you want to get killed so your other one will like shine really big. So I said, all right, so unique evolution. It's like you, when, Gle when people take Gleaminex, they evolve uniquely. And <laughs> I can't even bother to remember what I said. And, the, and then keep her cool because he or she, keep her cool. You want to keep the person the way they are because when they're not anxious, they stay the way they really are and their true essence and something like that. But then I pulled out, you know, the coupe de grace. Confidence. That's what I heard, by the way, right there. What I, nothing. But I kept going. Maybe they didn't get it. You're calm. You're confident. It's a zen-like state of focus. You had active mental activity. It's exactly right down the middle, the way you want to be, the feeling when you're not anxious. It's simple. It's one word. It's confidence. It's the future of Gleaminex. Crickets. Jeff said, hmm. He looked at all his apostles. Nothing. He said, hey, um, this is, I, I'm speaking as Jeff now, <laughs> the marketing director. Um, that's really interesting, but what we weren't looking for was a tagline. We really wanted a whole new language for Gleaminex. Gleaminex isn't just a medication. It's not just a substance. It's a revolution. <laughs> Gleaminex will change the world. Gleaminex isn't just a drug people are going to take. Gleaminex is like Starbucks. Like, you know when you're walking down the street and you see the lettering of Starbucks and you see the brown seats and you see, you taste the coffee and you feel it in your hand and you meet your friends there and you know they make their own type of music. That's what I'm talking about. Or, or like Oprah. 
Glebenex is like Oprah. It's, it's, she's, Oprah's not just a woman. She's not just a talk show host. She's a way of life. She has a TV channel. She's got a magazine. She's got a book club. She's a guru. This is, this is what Glebenex is all about. And then he stood up on the chair and said, people... We are going to change lives in a way that you can't even imagine. People are going to be so proud to be taking Gleeminex. Kids in elementary school are going to go up to each other after they hit a home run and say, my dad's a Gleeminex dad, and give each other high fives. My mom's a Gleeminex mom, and give each other high fives. And he stood up even higher, and he started doing this thing. It looked like he was beating his chest like Mel Gibson in Braveheart about to attack the English. And he said, we are going to sell a lot of this drug, people! (laughs) And everyone around him just started clapping, going, yeah! We're going to sell a lot of this drug! And, And I'm embarrassed to say that I started clapping a little bit, too. It feels a little gross, but I wanted to at least pretend I was a team player. And then they all filed out, and me and Thomas were standing there, and Jeff came over and patted our backs and said, hey, guys, I know you can do this. Sorry about this. Maybe I gave you the wrong direction, but I know you could uh, nail this next time. All right, cool. See you guys in a few weeks. They all filed out the door, and Tom said, what the fuck? (laughs) That motherfucker, he did not tell me about this. First of all, Gleeminex is not very good. <laughs> when they did clinical studies on Gleeminex, 60% of people said they felt less anxious, but 50% of people felt, said they felt better when they took a placebo. That's only a 10% difference. That barely squeaked through the FDA. So, There's no way we could market this as a new big deal. This is not the new Viagra. This is not Advil. This is not something like that. This is just a Me Too drug that already exists. It's doing pretty well. And I think good enough, honestly, has to be good enough. I do not get why this guy had to take us through that whole song and dance. I want to take that chair he was standing on and shove it right up his ass. And Tom walked out of the room and just stormed out really angry. And I stood there, a little shocked, not as confident as I'd been a few minutes earlier. And I realized, you know, I, I, I'd been hearing my whole life about how things are spun. Like how in politics people reframe things in order to make their point. How even on an individual level we kind of, we, we spin what we need to do in order to say, we spin what we say in order to prove our point, to really just go with what we want to do emotionally. And I always knew advertising was like that, but this was the first time in my life I'd ever really been at the tip of the spear, you know? Really where the rubber meets the road and that, oh God, I just used that cliche. Damn it! I said I wouldn't say something like that. But right where, right where it becomes, becomes important. And, and so, you know, I always thought of science as maybe a little more sacrosanct. That's where truth comes from. It's a more objective. But it turns out data can be really manipulated. And marketing of a drug which the kind of thing that goes into our bodies that we trust our doctors with can be really, really swayed by people's opinions. And to be quite honest, it turns out that the people who make drugs are very often also doing something creative. Thank you.
That was Jimmy Wool. Jimmy is a writer and musician from New York City. He performs in many shows throughout the region, is the host of a travel storytelling show in Brooklyn called Get Out of Here, and has published nonfiction in the New York press. He's also a saxophonist who spent several years as a musical director on cruise ships and has studied percussion in India. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, Aaron Barker, I, Daniel, Christine Gentry, Skylar Bear, and Liz Neely. The podcast is produced by Rose Eveleth. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Union Hall for hosting the show and to Pharmaceutical Ads for being fun. Thanks for listening. <laughs>